Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. The best podcast for the most in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Roger and Doug join me as we discuss this month's view from the turbuckle. So, Roger, we got some sad news to report. We had Pat Patterson, um, the very first Intercontinental Champion, passed away. How? What do you think about this? Sad news. I sad part is that he was actually uh, battling dementia towards the end and they said about two years ago they started to notice how he just started to go downhill and um yeah he was the, I, I think he was the first openly gay uh wrestler out there and um a lot, of, a lot of people in wrestling were not surprised but a lot of people outside of wrestling i still think were a little bit but yeah it's it just sad to see him pass but uh he did live a good life and you know, it was always nice seeing him in the Attitude Era because he was just a stooge, pretty much. And then uh, he he wasn't all of a sudden. You're like, oh, wait, that's what he did? But uh, he was having fun in, his, in the last uh, 20 years of his career. So I was really happy to see that with him. Um, you know, something positive, though, that did happen was that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, um, they both welcomed their uh, brand new daughter. So, Roger, were you excited for these guys? Yeah, I mean, the band that comes to pop, it's usually just... I know the wrestling industry, obviously, they spent like 300 plus days on the road. So the fact that they were both able to take some time off and get to see the birth of their daughter is, you know, pretty awesome. And maybe good for them starting a family. I know, you know, it's kind of one of the, one of the hard things for the female wrestlers is that, you know, when they choose to have a family, they have to take five months out of their career. For someone like Becky Lynch, that's probably going to be okay. She can come back and kind of resume her spot at the top. But for somebody who's, you know, toiling in the mid part, it's a little bit more difficult. So, you know, good for them. And good that Seth has written on TV for a little bit. He's going to be with her. Good luck, too. I can't wait to see them back. Yep, I'll have to run over to the Quad Cities because I know that's where they live um, and just say hi. I don't, I, you know, I think he'd be okay with that. Like, hey, yeah, how's yeah, it going? Yeah, I'm, yeah, it'll be okay. The police won't come or anything. No, but uh, yeah. So you brought up a, a very interesting topic that I, I was actually wanting to talk about. Do you think that with her being gone, like I would say the earliest, and I'm I'm stretching when I say earliest is WrestleMania when she could possibly come back. However, do you think that it's going to even be that soon? Do you think that they might wait until like we'll say SummerSlam for her to return? So I think it probably depends on what Becky wants to do. If they probably wanted to push it, she was like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go." Because like WrestleMania at this point, we're talking four months away, uh, early part of April. I'd say she'll probably not after WrestleMania would be the absolute earliest. It wouldn't surprise me if this was something money in the bank, or you know, maybe if she's coming back. I think she was on ball when she left. I could see them kind of showing up in the summertime. And, you know, they've had their six months away and things like that, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. I know that Charlotte also is gone, so it wouldn't be surprising too if they kind of time their returns to be at a similar time on each show. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to them coming back, but I think it's going to be the same. And I, I, don't, I think people should get the chance to shine in their absence. Well, Becky's, you know, made woman left some of the other people kind of the car and get those opportunities so that she has more feuds, you know, to come back and wrestle. Like, look, I've seen Becky versus literally all of the horsewomen and Oscar. Let's, let's give her some new fresh faces. 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, one thing, you know, we wanted, I wanted to bring up uh, Survivor Series because there, we had a really, really interesting match with, uh, well, with, with Raw. Raw went over, of all things. Both Raws went over. So the women's match, um, why did Lana win? That story of Lana. I know she had, you know, it's a documentary on the WWE Network. So they're really kind of pushing her as like a underdog story. It just that to me seemed like the perfect opportunity to elevate somebody with a superman like the like Bianca Belair was just in a prime position to pull off a brand new one, might come back and win down through a box. And look, I know would have had no problem here. She could have cost Nia Jax by uh, kicking her and stopping her from coming back in or costing Shayna this qualification. But to have her win just standing on the step after a double count out. It's like the most anti-climatic finish. And they're very lucky there was nobody in the crowd getting the ball in the Like that finish, which is Yeah, she would have she would have got booed. The fact that Shauna got disqualified, I think, is still crap because she should have won. You know, but you know, whatever. It's uh it happens. It could be worse. But yeah, that was the women's uh Survivor Series match. In and you know what, speaking of Survivor Series. Why are they going back to the old Survivor Series when it actually meant something? When that pay-per-view meant something, that final match really, really meant something. I mean, the Survivor Series is, I want to say, their second oldest pay-per-view. It's right behind WrestleMania. So it was one of the, like, staples of WWE. And now it is, it's not a big form pay-per-view. It is completely forgettable. They try to push their stupid brand supremacy, which means nothing when you do a draft two weeks before. Most of these matches don't mean anything. Like, these should be places where matches either end or feuds start. I mean, this, this the men's match was our single feud in that, and the women's was our, there was the one feud on Raw, it felt like. And then the decision crossed SmackDown five matches yet again in the men's match, and that was lame. The whole lot of winning was the greatest thing. I, look, I like Tosh, and I like Oscar, fantastic. Did I see that match in SummerSlam? I don't even see that match three months later. It just... There was maybe two matches on this card that really were like, I'm interested to see that. But it was the main event and the tag match and everything else just seems kind of just layered, which is a shame because, like you said, Survivor Series should be a fantastic card. This is a great time to do five on five. Yeah, and the thing is also, the one thing that I guess that how I look at it is that, okay, so you can't say that, oh, they're, they have to have this person wrestle this person for like the next, you know, 90 days because we have to do a bunch of house shows. You don't have to do that anymore. They can actually have feuds set up and they could be planning for the next 60 days out. You should be able to know what, hey, this is my feud. This is how it's probably going to end. We're just going to, you know, they should have that outline ready to go. But I mean, it's been sad because you would think because now WD gets control the fans and the crowd noise, if you want to say that. And then you think, okay, so they can plan this out and have basically a a big whiteboard of what everyone's going to be doing and then kind of like some maybe subs here and there. But yeah, I think that I think right now that's a a big thing that's uh, uh, hurting them. Um, You know, I I, got to tell you, I skip a match that we need that. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's still talk about team raw, but for the, the men's, did you think that the way how they did that match? Cause I thought it was kind of like dumb how the match itself. Um, what were your thoughts on the, uh, how, how they uh, set that match up? Disappointing. I really don't like a five nothing scene. Unless you're talking about a very clear level of talent difference. Like if we're talking, you know, the three-man band that is captaining a team against, you know, the shield, not do a sweep. Because obviously one side is looking better than the other one. But if this is the best that Raw has to offer, which is the best that SmackDown has to offer, what you told me is that SmackDown is rarely an inferior show because they lost five. To, and they didn't, it wasn't like they had no talent, except Rollins, who's one of the better superstars from you know, a kayfabe standpoint in the ring. They lost five nothing. And it wasn't like two dollars. Is anything about this is dumb. And this is even like a unique story because I believe we saw this a couple of years ago where Rob just basically stuck back on the main show. Mm-hmm. But my whole question is always back to what did you gain from this? Not only was nothing on the line, it's not like you had brand supremacy, you got to nothing. This wasn't for a rumble spot, it was like the money in the bank. This was just kind of there and coming out of it. These are chances to start making the bump. Right? Last year, remember Keith Lee basically going the distance with Roman. Like, oh, he looks like a superstar. Randy Orton, as I mentioned before, when he's made his comeback 
And realistically, you did not need Strowman. You did not need Sheamus on that team either. Um, you could have gone away with Styles. You could have got Lee and Riddle and throw a couple other guys in there. And I think that would have been just as fine. I don't I like the fact that Sheamus was on there did nothing for me. And same thing with Stro I liked I like Braun Strowman. I just him being in that match was very, very forgettable. And this is going to be another Survivor Series. They're going to be like, remember the pandemic when this was going on? I'd be like, yeah, it sucked. Uh, they could have done something with this. Even if they had it set up so, like, whoever the survivors are on that winning team, if they said that no matter how many are left, they are going to wrestle at the next pay-per-view and the winner goes to Royal Rumble and faces the champion, and then Survivor Series completely changes. That's all they need to do. Survivors go and fight the number Okay. Okay. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. So you. Why was he? And it, it, and you know the other thing that I had a problem with. So like at the end, it, Keith Lee eliminated Jay Uso. My problem is that what? So Keith Lee comes in and gets two minutes. That's it. And then you you just had a twenty four doc that you pushed the crap out of, which was really good. But then you have him go two minutes. Give him more time with Jay. Jay Jay is not dumb. He's going to say, "Okay, here's the deal, Keith. We need to make you look even more powerful. I'm going to do whatever I can. Let's get you know. Let's do this. We'll make some money. Blah blah. blah. That's what they should have done. Instead, Keith Lee comes in, doing his layers over with, and I th- and I think that was a huge missed opportunity by WWE. If you want to keep the power, it's the control. Exactly. You're you're talking about how I thought Survivor Series 2019 was going to be. Yeah. Because that's what I I wish would have happened. And then we'd be talking about hopefully world champion Keith Lee opposed to Keith Lee. And, you know, but like I said, if you're going to push a wrestler and you're going to have a doc about him, you need to actually make him look really, really powerful. Not two minute powerful, but like a showcase. Give him five minutes. That's all I ask. I'm I'm simple. I'm a simple person. But No one. Shauna, but the thing is, like Shayna Baszler. Okay, you could say that she came out good. However, I, I the other thing is, okay, why haven't Nia Jax and Bianca Belair fight to get counted out? I I don't get that because one, neither of them need should be counted out, and realistically, Bianca of all people, um, that are in that match are there. She's the next star. Nothing against Bailey or Natalia or Ruby or, or Lacey, any of them, or even Liv. I just think that she's the next breakout star. Her and her husband are going to tear it up. So. I said this week before. See her live. She looks like a specimen. She looks like a star. And this is the perfect opportunity to push her as the next star. So that when someone like a Becky Lynch or Charlotte does come back, you have Farrah and ready and willing to take them on. Instead, Yeah, I don't get anything out of that. There's nothing that there's no redeeming quality about that. But like, like I, I like the comedy spots. Don't get me wrong, comedy spots are great. However, comedy spots are there for the live crowd. The people there that were quote unquote live were on their webcams. Okay, well that's who do you do it for then? So that's why. That's the other reason why it just didn't like that that the women's were wrong. Fine match. with Lana getting over that. Like if Team SmackDown was about to put like powerbomb back, they could do it. You have Lana sprint over and four on die in the face. 
final twist to put Jax to the table as like a revenge mm-hmm. for being Simone Drop. Fantastic. Of course, now it's hard Sheena and gets her counted out. No problem again there. Exactly. But she won by doing nothing. Like she literally stood on the steps and did nothing and got the victory and then was screaming, I'm a survivor. It's like, well, <laughs> do anything. I mean, <laughs> And the see, th- see the other thing is if they're trying to punish Rusev for this, just to let you know you're punishing WWE fans, and not Rusev. They don't care. <laughs> that's that's the other thing. <laughs> this actually seems to more and more justify why Rusev back. But if you see the way Mom has been treated, you're like, I can't buy you back this company. But enough about the bad matches. What do you think about Sasha versus Oscar itself? Uh, Okay, so here's what happened. Um, I missed a good chunk of Survivor, Ser- Survivor Series, but I kept hearing people talk about the match, and I had a coworker who mentioned it, so I had to go back and watch it, and I will say it was better. I, I like watching these two go at it. I just don't need to see it all the time. I wish that with this... this I don't know if it's a WrestleMania match. It's a definitely any other pay-per-view. Just not, I don't think WrestleMania match that I want to see. And I think if you give them 20 minutes, I think that you will, I think the crowd will love it. And it's also the other thing is that Sasha is just, she just can work. And so, same thing with Asuka. And I think if you get them like on the same page doing stuff, it is a completely, completely different match. And I think it makes the feud even better. I think if this match did happen at SummerSlam, this would have been really awesome. I think it would have been really fun because we wouldn't have seen them tangle for quite some time. As far as, you know, one-on-one, without the outside interference, both as champions, I'm glad that Sasha won. It seems like she is finally getting that sustained push. She expects to defend the title successfully. She's got to win on pay-per-view over a champion in Oscar. Hopefully she retains the TLC. Mm-hmm. I just, this match was like, cool, but it felt like another one of those, oh, yeah, I got that we like to do that over and over yep. and over and over again. But it was like, this is cool the first time. I was okay with the rematch. I didn't need to put Trilogy. Even though I think this is really like a second match, it feels like they fought so much because they were so intertwined with the Bailey and Sasha and Asuka and Kyrie. But it was like, I'm, I'm done with this. No way they won in separate ways. Yeah, and, and and hopefully they just don't get back. Because the other thing I have a problem when they do whenever they do these drafts, and you'll have someone like Sasha and Asuka go at it, and some way somehow they'll end up on the same show. When you're like, no, keep them apart, like. I think if you're having a feud where something like a blood feud, it's going on for three and four months. If you can separate those two and just put them away and then you wait that full year and you they get drafted on the same show or they're in this fire series match. OK, now you've got a storyline that you can do. So I hope they eventually do that. So it's WWE. So I know they won't. So but hey, Michael Cole can sell anything, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think if you, you know, let's say you wait the full year and you turn off them to more killer deal, kind of like what she was towards the latter half of the NXT, which is a very sympathetic boss. That's a different type of match that you have. If you have Oscar just hurting people, this could be really good. But yeah, I don't need to just keep them apart for, you know, it's kind of like we talk about Charlotte and Charlotte and Sasha. Okay, we've seen you guys wrestle seven times now. I don't want to see you two in the same ring for about a year. Keep it, you know, keep it fresh. And this boss is too deep. He's going to this uh, over and over and over again. Yeah, and, and the best part about Charlotte being out too, that I mean that's the nice part. Her and Becky are out, so you have the other women who are having to step up and be showcased more. And so it's all all if they can push themselves and get over, I mean, that's what they need to do. So but yeah, I'm I'm I was really excited about this. Uh you know, women's wrestling has come a long way. I mean, we I still remember watching the crappy matches back in the attitude era. And now, and it was basically like, oh, hey, it's time to go get refreshments or look at the merch. Now it's kind of like some of the men's, you're like, well, I think I can get some merch because Corbin's coming out and uh, I don't know who he's wrestling, but uh, I don't want to see him. So you definitely leave during that time. But um, I mean, the days of Candice Michelle and Hugh Torres and Maurice just come a long way from the Divas. And like, look, for what they were, which were models who essentially tried to be trained to be wrestlers, they were passable. Like, that's what they were. You know, they were models who were trying to be wrestlers as opposed to the women that we have now who are wrestlers who are worthy of a spot and can put off a match of the night and for a while and oftentimes are the best divisions on their respective shows. Yep. So I have no problem with that. 
Yep, I completely agree. Um, one thing also, uh, we talked about uh, her husband, uh, one part of the uh, Street Profits. They defeated the New Day, which in this match, I I will say it again. I, I will say it. It didn't matter who lost this match. I don't think either of them will be hurt. It's just one of those. It's just these are two groups that are that are different enough that I think they'll succeed, except for the New Day. I think all three guys could be world champions opposed to Street Profits. I'm sorry, Montez. Or Montez Ford, you are the guy. Sorry, Dawkins. Um, but that's beside the point. But overall, it was very entertaining. I, I can't say enough about these guys. Great workers. So what did you think about it? but it showed that they're still friends, they're still together. And I hope they look at the new day as a template for what to do with tag teams going forward. Maybe he can still get his push without having to be the predictable field champion. Because let's look at all the other terms we've got. Is anybody benefiting from the heavy machinery? Is Tucker even on Raw or SmackDown? Where is he at? Uh, well, his script is still on the ground. He forgot to pick yeah. it up, so... Um, which I I'm pretty sure he got punished for uh, the way I think the following week he got beaten like two minutes uh, by Ricochet. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Cass, I think we saw how bad that was. I mean, just you can have guys going for single titles where they have a friend who becomes like their manager and their backup inside. Because right now the field tends to need anything because we see it all the time. It's predictable. It's just going to happen every single time instead of. The street profits look, we know that Montez Ford is the guy who should have the rocket strapped with him. But Angela Dawkins basically be his boy the entire time. He should be his backup, he should be his friend, he should be the guy who is just as happy along with left. I don't really see the Angela Dawkins as the Dawkins Ford. Because after that, Dawkins just fades by the wayside and he's useless. Exactly. And like in you know with him, I think he. I mean, he. I think he could succeed in NXT. I just don't see him being on the main roster. Uh, something about you know, like you know, you know how it is. Like if you see someone, you're like they have something. Like I, I, I've, I've, I said it. Like I said about Montez and Bianca, and I think Austin Theory is probably my next one that I think something about him is going to make him big. I just don't know if they're going to utilize him properly. But you know, <laughs> but. I mean, I've been talking to he really struggled to kind of find his groove and then the moment they paired him with Montez you were like oh like this is you could kind of see that this this is something that he's going to really be able to latch on to whereas like Montez Ford the first time I saw him I was like that's a star like if he is done properly this guy can be in the main event and he has just that kind of star quality he's got to the charisma he's athletic to a degree but I don't think that's properly described I think we saw him in C5 and I was like, if you haven't seen the three profits watch, and then all of a sudden you just see Ford diving over the ring and thought, oh, that guy, yeah, he's a beautiful star. So I, I hope they keep this team together. I think the three profits winning was right because the new day are so established. But they need this match needed to be good, which it was, and it established the three profits because I want to get a more legit team. My only complaint is that this is like two of the four tag teams. He's, yeah. <laughs> You did bring up something interesting. Ricochet and, and Alistair Black never tag team ever, and then they threw him on. Uh, they, they threw him on Raw, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, wow, these guys are pretty decent together." Oh, that's right. And also, you have you have your high flyer with with uh, Ricochet, basically the face of the tag team, and the talker. And you have Alistair Black, basically the muscle, and the scary guy in the ring. So, I mean, I think it would work out great. 
So, yeah, so you definitely put those two guys together. Um, I was trying to figure out what to do with uh, Sami Zayn, but uh, apparently Bobby Lashley just uh, took care of business. We'll just say that. Poor Sammy. Is Sammy okay? Do you know? Um, I think he still has to go. Um, so that was, you know, face versus face matches work, right? Neither versus big pocket is fine. Sasha versus Sasha is fine because the crowd can pick and choose their favorite. So we versus heel matches are interesting in that we really don't like either. So it's kind of like, um, you want to see Sammy get his somewhat character standpoint. It's just that the body lashes is actually the bully of the heel group. Yeah, it, it was actually the shortest match of the night, too, which is sad. It, it did not even hit eight minutes. That's how short it was. Right. Another thing. So, because I thought it, at one point they used to have, what, like three or four Survivor Series matches, and they would combine the winners or the people who were left over into one final match. Yeah, I just come on, like give me something, like it's right there. <laughs> I would much rather have watched like um, I know that they're not like this with Nakamura, but I would have rather watched like the Hurt Business versus Sammy Savall and Nakamura and like a history partner. Mm-hmm. Like okay, you know your stable versus my stable, that would be much more entertaining than just watching last and destroy Sammy. Like, yeah and then um so jeff hardy also we got to talk about jeff hardy's bump that he took um it it, watching it in slow motion now more and more um dude dude got hit hard i mean he messed up his his neck or i'm sorry his head and i i he said he's fine they checked him out he's fine um i mean what do you think do you think this is one of those things where we should uh let him take some more time off get some more tests I think that him and Matt need to both try to try to outdo one another who can take the more scary, dangerous bump. Because I even when he set up that I thought I was like, that doesn't look really serious. And then he hit his head up the stairs. I was like, yeah, I don't know what else could have happened. Like, I don't see a way for him to have properly done a stunt on with that little space without him hitting the way he did. I don't know who was. I mean, maybe that. I don't like it. Like, look, I. I know that Jeff has always been known for his daredevil kind of wrestling style, and he was fine 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the TLC happened. He's in his 40s. Like, I, I, you know, I know Jeff has had his issues when it comes to pain pills and things like that. That didn't come out of nowhere. It came from because he's kicking the crap out of his body day in day out. And if that happened in his 20s, what do you think that happened in his 40s if you start giving them confessions? You know, I, I, I didn't need that. And I don't think it helped the match enough. This wasn't uh, a big, big time feud and a big pay per view. You know, like he was diving off the ladder at SummerSlam or WrestleMania and TLC. Those are moments when he took the spear from Edge off the basically hanging. That's a moment, right? Like, you, you see that in replay for decades. Mm-hmm. This is just a terrible thing. That the only thing we're talking about is the fact that Jeff nearly killed himself. I, I don't want to see it. This, this is not the kind of high spot, spot I want to see. Either I want to see nice execution or it needs to be, you know, to pull ball, holy boot type moments. If you're going to be chopping coal falling off the cage, it needs to be a broken. If you want to do the Jeff Hardy stunt, um, you know, I'd rather you do it off of the, uh, the scaffolding that he did back in the day. I think it was against Ford mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. He does the slot on, and it's on his, I don't care if it's on the back end, whatever. Just, I'd much rather be more safe. And, and the thing is, now, especially since everything is taped, you can get away with stuff like that. Like, like, like I said, you can have him land on the crash pad. Have the cameras facing the other way. <laughs> have a bunch of commotion. Throw the, the the crash pad away, and then be like, "Oh, he landed on the concrete." Okay, I know he didn't, but like, yeah, it made it look more realistic. So I will, I will, I will believe in that. So, but yeah, I I do. I, that is, it's just one of those things. Like especially nowadays, I think with these shows, especially since there's not either there's no fans or little fans. I don't think those are needed, and I really wish that Jeff would do something simple. Give him like a, let him do a, I don't know, like a side effect, and just have that for his finisher. Pay per views, throw up the swanton, or maybe it's like a championship map. Let him do the swanton. 
Um, cause I, I think he's also to that point where he needs to like also rest more before he does it, but that's, well, we can go in all this stuff, but realistically, I just hope that Jeff stops taking these nasty bumps and, uh, they're a li- little bit more safer. So, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about Roman versus Drew. I, you know, I guess Roman's finally starting to become a heel, but what happens when the fans come back? I guess this is like my thought process. The match itself was good, but like, I guess I'm looking at the bigger picture. Um, it's just, I don't know. It, it was good. I, can, I can't sit there and, and as much as I want to crap on it, I just don't like the fact that, you know, Roman Reigns won by by submission. I, I just don't, that I don't understand still. Why do that? But. Oh, uh, I th- yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, he passed out. Is the tribal yeah. chief. thinking about this more and more i'm wondering if drew like the whole thing with drew it just felt like he was holding on to the title only for a short period of time i didn't think he was going to go long distance i for some reason i just had this strange feeling that they were going to throw it on edge one more time and i can't figure out why it just it just for some reason it didn't feel right but i was like i think they were going to do it just so edge could have it be a champion one more time Drew and Roman Catholic 
which would have made much more sense to me than having just kind of go one on one. But it is what it is on that one. Yep. Now let's go to yeah, let's talk about AEW now. All right, so Sting uh, makes his uh, appearance on TNT. Um, I'm I'm a little speed. I'm still speechless, and also I'm trying to figure this part. Why? Like, why bring Sting in? Because because now nothing. I like AEW. Don't get me wrong, but they're starting to do what WCW did when they started going downhill. That's that's the that's how I'm I'm taking it. They are showcasing new newer superstars, but like, yeah, Sting came back. Great. Um. There's so many other people you could have brought in as well, or have Sting bring one person up to kind of mentor him, and then have Sting leave. But now they're talking that he may wrestle. What's going on with Sting? I mean, is this the well, time to bring him in? I actually think it was. And let me say this: if you were, you know, we're old enough to remember Monday Night Wars. You remember Nitro on TNT. Seeing Sting on TNT for the first time in two decades is a legitimate wow moment. That's just one of those things that it's hard to replicate. You know, when you show up at WWE, there's a big deal, right? I just never thought I would see Sting at the WWE ring. That was a huge deal. But, but seeing Sting on TNT kind of feels right. Like it, it just, it always felt like WCW franchise player. He never jumped ship while WCW was about. It wasn't like a Ric Flair with each other doing. He wasn't an outsider who came in like Hogan or Savage or, you know, the outsider or Fallen Dash. So getting a bona fide legend like Sting and a guy who basically most wrestlers That never happened. That never happened, man. <laughs> never happened. <laughs> And that's what I was going to bring up. Actually, I was going to say that he may do one or two a year. They will, and I bet they'll tape it over like a two or three day period, and just do things here and there, and be like, "All right, so we can't do this because of light or whatever." I think that's the safe bet with him. And also, you could get away with not actually having Sting wrestle the entire time and have a body double by shooting it further away, so Sting could still be protected. He doesn't have to take nasty bumps. I mean, I think that would be that is a perfect thing that they should do with Sting. And I, I think that might be the way to u- utilize him. Um, I will also say this about Sting. His moveset was always very safe. It wasn't like he was going up there doing big punches and German suplexes. If you have a Sting and Darby Allen tag match versus Team Taz, for example, you let Darby work 90% of the match yep. because Sting tags in. Singer Splash. Singer Splash. SED. He does the howl to the crowd. Yep. Someone in the sharp shooter is going to get massive cheers. We're all going to go crazy. We're going to love it. And that's all I need to see Sting do. I don't need to see Sting try to go for 20 minutes. I need mm-hmm. to see Sting hit his spots, let Darby Allen do the work. Everybody's got to go to the court. So I think they have the right idea. I think it was one of the true special moments in AW to had to see the Tony Sabani safety at Sting, which kind of made me feel like, am I watching Nitro again? It, it, it did feel like good WCW, which preceded bad WCW. Like, we all remember mm-hmm. how it ended. 2000, not the best year. But 96, 97, 98, and oh, yeah. going, he was in the center of that. So I think they have an opportunity to use him properly. It's just a matter of do they understand how to use him. You know, don't do what WWE does with Goldberg. That's always go to the other show. I don't want to see Steam beating Doug Young. I don't want to see Steam beating Kenny Omega. I don't want to see Nick Foley winning the championship in the impact. I want to see Steam. I don't care if he wins matches, but it should be uh, matches where he's a tag match that he elevates things electric. It doesn't matter what happens with him as far as one monsters. He's there to put over the next generation. You know, you can use him for angles where if you really want to cement Kenny Omega's heel turn, you have him savagely downstairs. Absolutely savagely show him bloody in the background with a baseball bat covering blood and a crowd for two absolutely bad about it. Yep. Storyline. 
Yeah, and so yeah, that may work, but still, I, I just, I just hope that they're not going down the road because it feels like they're starting to go down that WCW role road, and I just hope they they don't. I hope they focus on the guys that are actually in AEW, focus on them first, and then maybe bring a legend in just for a quick one off thing. Like I love Art Anderson. Don't get me wrong, I love Art Anderson. I don't need to see him every week. Throw him here and there. I'm good with that. I like him. I just don't want need him to see him every week. I'd like to see the younger guys uh, bring you know come through and stuff. But you I know, like the, seeing an RD, like Tony Pressure. They're there to assist the younger talent. Correct. And, and the one thing also, when you hear about those guys, they will tell them stuff like, "Hey, since this is happening, you should probably try this or work this instead." So they're 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 not there, and they're being just, "Hey, maybe you should look at this," or pointing stuff out. So that 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 to me is very beneficial, especially if if you have two guys who are who are they're not green, but they don't have like hundreds of matches underneath their belt, and they're on TV. At least they can sh- say something real quick, or like you're like, "Shut up! You're too loud," you know. You don't want to be salmon in the ring, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I, that it's very interesting. I also like, there's something about star power that can't be underestimated. And I love a lot of AW Foster. But we do talk about star power. Two to three guys come to mind. Kenny Omega from an international standpoint. John Moxley from his time in WWE and also a little bit international. Chris Jericho from basically everywhere in the world. And then kind of after that, we didn't really have that kind of name. You know, like if I told my mom who Chris Jericho, I'd say Chris Jericho, she might know who he is. She might know who Kenny Omega is. She might know John Moxley. She knows who's thinking. Mm-hmm. I guarantee my wife knows who's thinking. Has, you know, people, people just know he's one of those guys that just kind of around in the pop culture lexicon that I think he draws enough and look like he's just kind of a part of WCW's history. He's a new he just feels like that, that spiritual successor that we wanted uh, teenage impact to be, but never really could be. This now feels like, this feels right, if that makes sense. Like, oh, yeah. This is WCW done the proper way, and having Sting there, I think, can be a real boon for them if they do it right. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, if it's done right, I think it can be done. And then you can always bring like those people even for one shots and have them come in. And, you know, just like I said, you you made you made probably the best point. And like I even I even just look I got goosebumps when you said it, when Shivani said some said sting something about that. Just I was like, oh, man, that's been so long because I because I, I know he was an impact, but I still think of him and Ric Flair on the last last night. Nitro. I always considered that his last match. I know it was like you know, nineteen years ago, but still, I was like, "That's his last match to me." He didn't, he didn't do it the other stuff, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, you know, one thing I, I want to, um, this is kind of like going off a tangent, but I was going to ask you, um, while watching NXT, I realized something about Undisputed Era that is really, really like, um, like sitting right now for me. And I just think they could do it. I'm surprised WWE has not done a movie with Undisputed Era and maybe a couple other guys of and do some like gangster movie. And I think for some, yeah. you, you, you know, the thing is, yeah. Bobby Fish. I and I like I like uh, Bobby Fish is it would be the head though. Something about his look, like he could be like the like the casino badass boss or whatever. And then he had his Bobby muscle Fish around him. Like he's the guy who's like the, he's not the head man. Like I would still be Adam Cole, but. Bobby Fish is like the head guy that you see because you don't ever get to the boss. Right. Because he has that, he has that look, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, you go through me, you don't get to see the boss. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle O'Reilly and Father Strong are the big toss that they yep. sit out when you uh, have Daniel to tab. Um, and, and that's yeah, one. Th- that's one thing. I've always wished that they would do something with them like that because I think it could be it's something interesting at least. And I think they have good enough looks where they could they could pull it off. But yeah, that's that's. Um, was it Impact? We did the like the retro show. I think that was a thing maybe a year ago where NXT was the main event. It might have been Impact, but I feel like they did like this kind of like throwback episode. Where they brought on Brenta. Like, Previous people in? Well, I know some people came back, but they also were doing like alternate, it was like an alternate universe show, essentially. And I wonder if you could do a special like that where you had, you know, like, there's some episodes, especially around like the holidays, where they just do clip shows anyway. 
I would not mind if we taped where you had some, some goofy alternate universe, you know, Undisputed Era acting like a mob boss, Shotsu Blackheart acting like a werewolf, John Gargano and Candice Delay, and then like reenacting the scenes from screen because they've got their house in the way. Yeah. Now you have their screen members running. You know, it's just like silly comedy, it's fun stuff, it's fun episode that nobody really cares about anymore. I could watch it, like, why not? Um, you know, I always catch the stuff, but I don't have anything to do or anything like that. So, yeah, I want to have a goofy woman. Not like December 26th episode or whatever it is. Who's going to draw a huge number? Right? That is so, true. So, yeah, you know, that's when you do that silly stuff. You know? And maybe you get some fun come out of the comedy gun thing. So, it's a great attitude. There you go. He can yeah. come out and be like, hey, CM Punk's on the show. I win $10,000. Yes. He'll know. In fact, if I had to guess, because of what Tony Khan did with Sting, if he is going to do anything, no one's going to know until like the day of. Like, I guess they didn't find out till Sting till much later, and it was just between him and Khan. That was it. And then when they said, when they were like, "What?" and they were kind of excited, yeah, they you could tell. Um, one thing we we will have to touch on. I did not get a chance to watch it, but the fact that Omega was on Impact Wrestling. That that is yeah. that is a big deal. I do not remember inner promotion things happening. I, I really don't yeah. remember last time. This is this is kind of the thing where it feels like KMC Bucky in the sense of like as a kid, you know, like the closest thing I remember to this was when people would jump ship. I remember X Pac jumping over, I remember Bibiasi jumping over, but they switched, right? It wasn't like they were active, you know, like let me give this example. When I was a kid, and the first night Hall and Nash debuted, I thought I was actually watching Fox. So I got off the next second up because I saw Scott, I saw Razor Ramon and Houston. They showed up, it was the first, time, the first time I happened to tune in. And I was like, oh. And granted, it didn't hurt that all the people on Nitro were basically ex WWE guys anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, there's IRS. Look, there's, uh, you know, oh, oh, I know Savage and Hogan and Luger. And, you know, it was, so seeing Hall and Nash, I was like, is this a WWF program? Like, is this like, you know, is this their second show or something? I don't know. I was like 10 when it happened. But I never remember, like, I got ECW, I guess, uh, jumped up raw one episode. I oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Vince uh, did it as a favor. Um, but I yeah. think he was actually doing it to uh, really, who is who is he going to sign? Because, yeah. and if I remember right, during that time, wasn't WCW just taking people, like, left and right from ECW? It was like... You know, Eddie was there. Ray was like, they just all came over. And I think Vince was like, hey, let's do something. And I swear there was something behind the scenes where, like, I get first crack at your guys. So but he was, he, I know that he put a lot of books, a lot of comic books to help ECW. And he was using them as a bit of a uh, training program. So when Mick Foley left WCW, they would go to ECW, kind of get themselves going. Mm-hmm. Victor Group, uh, Steve Austin, ECW. You know, so there was obviously between the two. Um, but this. I guess this is the first time that it feels like, you know, they have the relationship kind of with NJPW. Some of the wrestlers would go over there and wrestle, wrestle Kingdom. I know Jericho wrestled Tanahashi, Moxley, he was in the G1 Classic not too long ago. Uh, You know, obviously Omega and the Bucks, all them wrestling. So it's like, this feels like you could have some sort of impact, Ring of Honor, NJPW, AEW, like cross promotions. I mean, the possibilities feel so endless. It's like this is for the first time it feels like wrestling is more interesting than on the best show and they are watching the competition. And I like it. Like I, I'm just like excited as to what this could really be. And the thing is if 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 WWE would do it right, they would let a couple NXT guys come over you know, like get some impact guys that were in AEW, we'll say, or were in WWE or NXT, we'll say. You could have Rich Swan take on someone as well, and then make it so it's someone who's kind of big. They're not gonna have somebody with his accusations. Oh, 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 good point, good point. Okay, so let's let's pick someone who's safe, um, and just have that person go at it, and you could actually then have you know pick certain people from Impact and Ring of Honor. And AEW to, to win, and you know Vince will will even though if it's Trips handling it, you know Vince is going to say our heavyweight champion has to be out on top, even if it's NXT, and you know that'll be the the one issue that comes up, that comes up when they're negotiating on what's going to happen. I so I will say this: there, I understand why WWE and NXT never get involved because they only have as much to gain from this, right? Like they already have, you know, they're the NFL. Everybody else is chasing them. 
not involved. He was the author guy for the the author of communication. He was basically, we're all superior to your guys. And you can stand a threat to us. If our guys jump over, ha, 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 just like you heard Hogan and Savage, right? We're basically saying that you couldn't beat us without taking our best guys. And we're going to bury all of your talent. Booker got buried. Goldberg kind of went over. He went over more in his second run and never did his first time. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, right? Yeah, it, it's true. Um, yeah, yeah, gosh, uh, gosh, they, they destroyed. Yeah. Goldberg was, I think the one that ticked me off the most because he came in on, if I'm correct, elimination chamber and triple H pinned him, which even Goldberg, he still was able to withstand that. Like they made him like, you know, almost like, you know, the, the unstoppable, unstoppable force, if you want to say that. And then but yeah, but yeah. So a sl- one sledgehammer and also one cattle prod. By the way, I think that that's the, the, defeating the streak there. I wish they would have done something more, but that's that's a completely different topic. Um, but yeah, still like someone had to end it. There was going to be someone. Why not give it to Troy? Blah blah blah. You had a match as opposed to another coming star. Your franchise player saying that's why I don't make the money. Um, yeah, that was dumb. I always thought that like, and I and I I think. In a way, I wish Eddie Guerrero would have beat it. Him, him, and don't ask me why, but I always wish it was him or Saturn. I was a huge Saturn fan back in the day. Love the rings of Saturn, still one of the coolest moves. Um, but uh, I always thought one of those two should beat him because they were at that time they were young enough where they could do something. With, especially Eddie. Eddie could have taken it off if he really wanted to. But I think during that time frame, uh, Eddie left, <laughs> so it didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, this sounds awful in retrospect, but really. There's only two people at the time I thought I was like Booker, so I thought that would have been his kind of lead on the superstar. Um, and a name that we don't say very often, uh, Kristen Bach, mm-hmm. because at the time he was the guy that we all wanted to see elevate to the main street, and he seemed like that type of wrestler, kind of like a Bret Hart, that could be the Goldberg. Now, obviously, it's probably better in retrospect that he doesn't belong to him in the street since the tragedy that happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see Eddie, but Eddie loves well, that's the thing. So I was trying, like, even back then, I was trying to figure out who could break the streak. Because when I remember when when we, I went to uh, one of our friends' house to watch the pay per view, going there, I went with Aaron. I was like, I don't even want to watch this because you know Goldberg's going to lose. Like it was, it was. We knew that that was happening, and we were furious about it, but we still watched it. <laughs> um, it just felt like we knew one of the NWO guys was going to do it as opposed to. If Sting beats that, that's fine to me because Sting was the franchise player. Hogan didn't need to do it. Nash didn't need to do it. I don't see what it's fine to me because that would have put me on top all more main event type status. So then you could have had some actual all and Nash legitimate tension. Like, I'm the one who beat Goldberg. You two couldn't do it. I should be the guy who beat the the champion. So you could actually have them beat with one another. That's when he didn't do think John Cena's being them. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it. Like, it's a small list of people who beat them. Uh, Daniel Bryan came very close. AJ Styles came very close. But it's like those matches feel so much more important. Even at Survivor Series, champion versus champion, because of what he accomplished, that match feels important. Whereas, like, I never got the sense that Kevin Nash matches felt super important afterwards, even though he's the guy who went to the street. It was kind of like, meh. It just, it wasn't the same as Over, but it was just, it was a 
huge moment that felt genuine in the way that Nash could go but it's just kind of like, like you said, this crap was coming. It was just, it was mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I never thought about having Scott Hall win that though, because Nash was already made, and Hall was like, yeah. like right, you know, behind he was like behind him always. But yeah, if he would have beat Goldberg. He he's actually then in the the cards then like people have to start talking about him with in that high regards, yeah. Because it's like that. Like you could have had Hogan saying no, you're not the guy, I'm the guy, and then you have Andrew Albert win. But you know what? I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of you actually holding this down because I'm a former world champion. He was basically so for a year. You have Paul, who basically you could beat the guy, but Hogan being Hogan says I'm the man. You have a legitimate view. I'm not really explain away with the book that man, but like this would have been really awesome to legitimate attention. As opposed to now, Grant looks at Scott Hall, he's on demon, so maybe you don't want to trust him with uh, such an honor, but it would have made more sense to me than Nash. Mm-hmm. Do you think going back to the streak that, uh, do you think Reigns should have been the one to break the streak? Roman should have re- retired uh, Taker? Yes. And I think at 31, I, I would have had, uh, I still want to have 31, I would have had Sting versus Taker, but all of his future WrestleMania matches would have been career on the line matches. I would have had Sting make a stipulation, you don't have the streak anymore, you're not competing for the title, if you want to compete at WrestleMania, every time you compete, your career is on the line. And you can win a couple of those matches, but at some point, him versus Roman, and that's how you tremble on the nuclear deal. He is the guy who ended the Doug, what do you think? You know, we're, we've been t- we've been discussing just miscellaneous wrestling things. What do you think about? Uh, we were talking about the streak when when uh, you know Nash beat Goldberg for the streak. Do you think Hall should have won instead? Wow, we're cutting back lately. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. For <laughs> Goldberg, his streak and everything like that. Flair was WCW. Maybe you already want to back up, so you're not. But if you would have had all been this, 
Paul would have had a little bit of an argument about the in that same tier. And so you could have had all of that stuff by how come it's always about Hogan, and then you could have truly had a real motivation for the feud with that versus Hogan. It's almost like, he, like I wish I could go back and rebook WCW. <laughs> There's so many things that, that I wish that I could have fixed for him. But uh, and, that yeah, that the, how to fix WCW? It's gonna be uh, that's not a one-time special. Yeah, that's like a, that's like a ten-part <laughs> series. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I I haven't read the Death of WCW by Alvarez yet, but I was told that that pretty much sums everything up. Uh, it's a great book. I is it? That. Okay. It's a great that that is that's not my next. Then my next book is uh, um, the Jericho book. Um, so then Alvarez was going to be next. So, but yeah, yeah, it's it's very been very. Uh, it, it's interesting, uh, basically, how we get to all these uh, like feuds and and basically you look back on what they screwed up and then you're like, oh, they should have done this, but then they still go back to what they screwed up. And I don't know if it's because of business or because that they just don't get it. <laughs> it's or maybe we don't get it is what I'm uh, the other thing I'm trying to think, but. Um, but hey, Doug, uh, what did you think about Sting appearing in AEW? I'm not 100% surprised. I know there were rumors uh, a while back that he was going to appear at a pay per view. They were kind of saving for an all out or uh, the other pay per views. Um, he was supposed to make a debut, but I think this was just one of those things where they were waiting for the real audience, but then you are going to wait probably too long and lose some. You know, you, you definitely want to get some viewers and everything and people interested in your product. So it's just a matter of time. I think what I'm mostly surprised at is the aspect that it's a multi-year deal and it's to wrestle. Um, and not just a, to be a you know, background guy, kind of like Ron Anderson, where you know, might take a bump here or there, but for the most part, he's not active in, in the wrestling or anything like that. So for him to actually be wrestling, um, I'd like to see how they're going to use him. And what matches and, and everything like that, but it makes sense now for me that Darby won the, the title off of Cody because what better way to start a feud or, or something like that? Is, but that's thing come in and have it through the title. Uh, I think he's going to be here to enhance some talent. Uh, Darby Allen definitely could use a, a, a sting push. Uh, there's a lot of people that think they have to use a sting push. I hope they don't make him just a person to get over guys. He does still need to win some to, to maintain a uh, believability uh, and also help the people that he does push. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I, I was a Sting fan uh, back in the WCW days, so uh, I, I, I'm glad that he gets to go out maybe on a little bit better terms on, on his own terms than you know, the, how WWE used him. Um, but hopefully he stays safe and injury free. I think for anything bad to happen, uh, I, I truly wish the best for him. Um, but very excited for what he's going to bring to AEW. Sure, you find that any of Triple H is not the best usage of Sting. Him fighting Triple H is not the best use of Sting. But I think that's the Triple H uh, aspect of I get to fight everybody or I'll fight whoever I want and I'm going to win. Because NWO had to come save Sting, which would never have happened in one of the things that truly are mind boggling when we rank EWO and by any reason, I don't think it's a loser, right? Who they were locked up for Hogan, Paul, and Nash. And if you you have any history, if you remember, Sting won the title off Hogan and they never got along. And that won't be.
Oh my gosh. He's going to come out of his flip shirt. So half of that is like the low, half of it is DX. So we might get the dude with the punch in, he would turn and show me the low side. So they might stop, but they would DX with the punch in. He just stole the DX side. Oh my gosh, you know this is going to happen. I'm sorry. Well, that's all the time we have for this this part of the month's show. If you're into the Twitter, you follow the show at Authomark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and ending the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And make sure you check out part two where we talk about everything else that happened in the world of wrestling. And for Doug Hahn and Roger Cave, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring. Yeah.